are listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and me, C.C. Broadus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 53 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm C.C. Broadus. Joined by my effervescent partner, Alan Schneider. How's everybody doing post-Derby, folks? I hope everything went well for everyone. It was a great weekend, great weather. My God, the weather. And uh, now it's time to settle in and just start checking out this Churchill meet, among other things. I got to be honest, the day after Derby is the most depressing day on the calendar to me. I mean, it really, it, 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 I, I feel like I've crashed and burned down to earth. You know, it's just a, it's like there's so much preparation going into the Derby, and now it's it's just all over, and it's like, what am I going to do now? So I, I got to be honest with you, I, I've, I've always liked that day. I actually like the fact that the Churchill doesn't raise, because I feel like after just the way I am in general, and I think because I spend more time, you know, I, I'll handicap cars to Dreza. That's what I enjoy doing. And uh, it seems like after three or four days of it, it, there's a burnout factor with me and it gives you a chance to reset yourself and then get going for the rest of me. Cause you know, it's handicapping Oaks and Derby isn't like handicapping an ordinary car. I can handicap a, a Kentucky card in 30 minutes, but you got to do some work with the Oaks and the Derby and stuff. So I kind of like that little break that you get after that. And it's a feels like a bit of a reset button after the Derby, but you know, we're all different. So we'll, we'll talk about this Derby real quick. I know if, if, uh, you're a racing fan at all. You, the, the Derby's been beat to death this week. Uh, of course, Medina Spirit won, going wire to wire, which is exactly what I was fearful of. Yes, you are. Yes, you, you did mention that. Yes. I, I called the race a quarter mile into it. It's like, well, there's nobody, nobody's going to beat Baffert. He's going to, they're going to hand him the lead like that on a silver platter. That, that was a little bit disappointing. Uh, no denying the, the spirit and the courage of that horse as he, as he did hold off uh, a, a really, uh, a really great effort by Mandaloon. Yeah. Uh, but first, first and foremost, we want to give props to our uh, occasional uh, uh, host guest who's going to be with us again in the future. We have to after that pick. JJ Heisel called that basically called that shot about three or four weeks before the Derby. I, was it two weeks? I can't remember CC. But she she said, watch this horse. And she, it wasn't just do it. She just picked a bad for her. She, she laid out the reasons why with the surgery and the works and such. So we want to give JJ a shout out. That's why I use the horse, to be honest with you. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't care for the horse. She she convinced me. And analysts and people ne- never convinced me of anything. So I want to give JJ a shout out. I know you do, too. Well, she uh, was tremendous on our pod. That was, she was. That was fast, or fantastic. You know, she, I had a lot of people uh, tell me the exact same thing people who aren't as uh, maybe into the game as much as we are, but she, she was fantastic. And, you know, you, you get people paid, they, they have a tendency to remember that as well too. Uh, but back to the race itself, uh, I will say that I took highly motivated, who was only apparently moderately motivated as he was a, a no-show 10th. There were quite a few no-shows, but I think maybe some of the bigger picture aspect that a lot of people uh, are talking about, than, nobody made up any ground in the race uh, the top four finishers were one, two, three, four, all the way down the stretch. We see that a lot. There are reasons for it. Uh, horses going a mile and a quarter uh, for the first time. They have a tendency to be uh, one pace. They just kind of stay. They don't pass horses. The point system has led to fewer sprinters. 
yeah, more moderate paces. Um, so there's a reason that it happens. And it, I would like to see somebody pass someone down a stretch just for a bit of a thrill aspect of it. But, uh, I mean, I can't take anything away from the top four. I'll say the top five finishers because old Bezos uh, was the horse that makes up, uh, make up some ground and, and ran really well for the Foley. So we're happy to see that. But uh, I hope people catch on the race. I'm sure JJ did. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, by the way, Cece cashed on the race. Cece, Cece hit the try. He actually gave it out on the pod last week, as a matter of fact. So that was a pretty nice four-figure try that uh, our host uh, had last week. Had I not uh, had I not bet the other races, it would have been a tremendous weekend. <laughs> I think that's I did better than the other races. I think I took the alternate route. That, that's par, <laughs> par for the course for me. So, uh, but still, that's, that was a great hit. That was that was a know, that was a good one hit. One thing you don't see, one thing you don't see in a derby is a blanket finish anymore. It was it was four horses within a length and a half of each other at the wire. That's something that's. Uh, it uh, is, but they also. They were at that way at the top of the stretch. They just couldn't go by each other and stuff. And a lot of that's you know, John Velasquez with a great ride on Medina Spirit. Uh, and and, and it's Florent Giroux and Mandaloon, correct? Was Florent Giroux? Yes. I, I thought he gave his horse a fantastic ride. I mean, when he tipped out, I thought he was the winner. Yeah. But uh, just couldn't get by John Velasquez, who had one hell of a weekend, did he not? He yep. won the Kentucky Oaks with Malafat as well. He he probably had the exact opposite of the weekend our buddy Brandon Jaggers had. He, <laughs> I think that's I fair to say. <laughs> Brandon didn't cash a ticket. Did he? Oh really? Oh no, man. that's not true. That's not true. I'm exaggerating. He cashed one ticket. Oh, there's 27 races. That's oof. <laughs> better days. Better days lie ahead. No, I know how Jaggers. that. Is, that's for sure. Let, well, speaking of lying ahead, the the Preakness is next Saturday, and it's it lost a lot of the luster as Brad Cox has withdrawn his top two horses, uh, Mandaloon and Essential Quality. Uh, here, I'm going to read off the field here real quick. Uh, in alphabetical order, Concert Tour, Crowded Trade, the Japanese horse, France Godaina, Keep Me in Mind, Medina Spirit, Midnight Bourbon, Ram from the Lucas Barn, won the first race on Derby Day, Risk Taking, Ron Bauer, and Unbridled Honor. Oh, doesn't get the blood pumping that much, does it? Uh, the only intrigue to me is how is Medina Spirit going to deal with Concert Tour from the same barn? Agreed. I mean, it's like it, whoever is going to concede to the other is is the one they, they want to win. Well, yeah, you know, we saw it in uh, the prep race early in the year in, in California when Life is Good was still all the rage. And Life is Good got the lead out of the gate that day. And uh, John, I think was it John Velasquez and Medina Spirit absolutely positively took back to let him go. That was the instructions to me. Obviously, we'll see how it goes. Uh, what Bob Baffert tells um, tells his jockeys this race, because I mean I can't confidently say one way or the other. Uh, the field leaves a lot to be desired. I'll be honest with you, but uh, hard to look past Baffert. But there's a few there's got a champ. Midnight Bourbon. Didn't run that badly. Keep me in mind, ran a really nice race in the Derby. Uh, if you if you look at if you look at the late fractions uh, in that race, which every horse ran, by, keep me in mind, by far ran the fastest uh, last half a mile uh, than ever, anybody else. So uh, again, it, it doesn't really wow. The field doesn't really wow me, but uh, maybe you can still make some money off of it. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I mean, Baffert proved over the years he he's yeah tough as nails. In Super the second f- leg. So. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think you can end a pick four or pick five of those two and, and, and feel fairly confident. Uh, well, that, that off the top of my head, I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to probably try to beat the two Bafferts. That said, I'm, that super effective seems like it might be a, a decent idea because, you know, I was high on Ron Bauer. If he can close, uh, if he can close, maybe he can get a part of that. Maybe a nice super effective key under those. But I might be reaching. I, I might be reaching. We'll see. Yeah, we got next week to talk about that. But now we're going to go to Saturday at Churchill Downs, 11 race card. Capped off by the Mamzelle Stakes, five furlongs on the turf for three-year-old fillies. Uh, should be a fascinating event. We're going to uh, go through the card, and uh, I would imagine we're going to concentrate on the, the late pick four or the late mm-hmm. pick five, depending on if Alan has looked at the seventh race or not. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's kick it off. Uh, you want to talk about maybe you have a horse in race number three? Yeah, I'll mention uh, race three and race five real quick. You know, uh, if you know me at all, I don't care for five-horse fields. I mean, it's a rarity that I would that I would play them. It's something that has to really uh, get me going with that first horse race versus a five-horse field, so I don't care for it. But uh, I will say one thing real quick. One, as I mentioned earlier, the derby, once the derby goes by the wayside, I think the Churchill meets a lot of fun on the weekends. It's a lot of fun to go out there. The racing is usually good. The fields are looking better than I'd hoped they would, so I'm happy about that because I'm all about field size. So uh, I know the Derby's over, but uh, you've got a lot of great racing at Churchill. Uh, my home track, I'm a Kentucky guy. Everybody knows that. And I think there's a lot of good – hopefully the, the sign of things to come, that these cards will still look good throughout the meet. So uh, my post-Derby uh, – it's post-Derby bliss for me in a lot of ways. So with that well, this, said huh? – huh? go ahead. Yeah, this, this third race, it's a mile and 16th on the turf for maiden claimers, fillies and mares, and it's a claiming tag of $30,000. You don't see that a whole lot. At Churchill, they'll they'll no. run maybe one or two of these a month, or or you know during during the meet. But uh, who do you like in the in the race three? Well, I'm I'm glad they're carding these because you got to keep these fields full. So maiden claimers on the turf, love them or hate them. I mean that's a good way to get uh get horses in the starting gate. Uh, I like Suki for Dallas Stewart in this spot. He's not been on the turf yet. Uh, he's a three horse. Uh, it would be my early single. Uh, if if I do choose show uh choose to go that route. Suki is dropping out of the Illigami race where Illigami won the finale one day at Keeneland. Illigami has been highly regarded by Rusty Arm for a while. Illigami followed that one up with another win on um, Oaks Day. Fantastic race, better field. Um, Suki split that field that day. Didn't look like much of a race at the time. It still may not be. I didn't think the field was that good to begin with. Apparently it was better than I thought because uh, GGB uh, prompted the pace in that race. And at ninth by 18, come back and aired yesterday at Churchill, I think at a 50K tag. Not the greatest field in the world, but uh, Suki beat uh, GGB fairly uh, easily. This is not the toughest field. Drops in for 30. He's 4-1 to the morning line. I should say she's 4-1 to the morning line. If she takes the turf, I think she'll be tough to beat in here. Uh, I think she might stand out in here, but, you know, I don't want to stick my neck on the line too much. But I do like Suki here. Let's talk about her pedigree. She's by upstart out of a lost soldier mare. Not a lot of turf influence no. on the sire side, but lost soldier uh, could provide some grass influence. Uh, lost soldier was a son of Danzig out of Lady Windmore. That's that's a really really nice family. I don't think the uh, dam has produced a whole. Well, she's she's an older older dam, so she has pr- produced a lot of uh, 
a lot of runners. I don't think uh, any of them have uh, really performed well on turf, but I think uh, I think you could make a case that the that uh, Suki could handle the transfer and surfaces. surfaces. Yeah. I would also add that Suki, uh, these race, these horses have kind of been knocking heads against each other in higher level claiming races. Uh, Suki's four career races have been against the likes of Zoom Up for Tom Amos, Little Tootsie and Euphoric, who both ran in the uh, eight bells, correct? Um, Pauline's Pearl, who was a uh, prominent in the Kentucky Oaks. And then, of course, the aforementioned Illigami, who won on Oak State. So she's been knocking heads with some pretty, uh, pretty tough gals. I'm a little surprised they dropped her in at 30, to be honest with you. Right. But uh, so that that's a bit of a concern. And the turf is, uh, I'm surprised they put her on turf. But I mean, if the horse runs her race, I mean, she should she should get a big part of this. So. Well, I I, I like to look at it like this. They gave forty thousand for. Her. Yes. If she gets claimed for 30, which she probably will. Yes. The purse is thirty nine thousand six hundred. They'll get if she wins, they'll get roughly twenty four thousand minus trainer and jockey. That's another forty eight hundred off. They're, they're going to make about fifty thousand dollars off of a filly that maybe is not what they thought they were going. They're not what they thought she was going to be. So right, I think. Uh, you know, and then you. and now it may also be that they like her closing kick a little bit. She got some decent lace pace figures in her last couple for the level and she prepped for this race with a 47 to one bullet at Churchill. So she's had two works since that last, that last race. And again, if that, if that race, I hate to use the word key race a lot of times. I think key races over is it's cliche a lot of times, but this might be a bit of a key race. So, you know, I'm willing to single that and it may be in a, in a pick four, pick five early on in the day. Okay. Let's skip race four and, we're going to talk about race five. Race five is made in special weight. Six and a half furlongs on the dirt for fillies and mares. Looks like the favorite is number seven, Chion, from the Sherry DeVoe barn, daughter of uh, Frosted. And she's coming off a really, well, she's coming out of that same, same uh, race. Yeah. So uh, where did you land in race five? Well, yeah, I was a little surprised Chion's the morning line favorite. I may, I may be simply be wrong about that. I think there's about four or five horses in here that can win the race. I will lean he- more heavily to the inside three. Uh, most notably, Fine Cotton for Neil Pesson and the good folks at Lothenbach. Uh, I'm sure you remember the race at Keeneland. It was the last race of the day. Yep. I think I was out of town that day. Um, Caramel Swirl uh, just destroyed that field. I, that Caramel Swirl, Swirl had shown so much promise. But it just it kept being a bridesmaid. They they put her uh, extended sprint on the dirt, and Caramel Swirl finally uh, showed the promise. It uh, lived up to the promise she's had. Fine cotton that day, uh, uniquely if you remember, was taking a lot of early money for uh, Neil Pesson. That's kind of unusual. So that, that that raises your eyebrows a little bit. And then when this horse got the lead at, that day, it kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. So I thought this horse might be one to watch. So I said, he uh, I hate when horses. Uh, lose the lead before the top of the stretch. I'm, I, this whole, again, going back to cliches, the whole speed and fade crap, uh, it, a lot of time it is. Uh, speed and fade does not apply to me if a horse loses the lead before the stretch. Uh, I think that's lazy handicapping in a lot of times. In other words, analysts who, who do that, and it just drives me nuts. Uh, but rant aside, uh, this horse, I'm going to give this horse a pass for losing the lead. 
before the top of the stretch because Caramel Swirl just went right by everybody and kind of killed everybody off. I thought the horse kind of held on a little bit pretty well. I'm willing to give the horse a second look here today, maybe better on a second time, second start. I will not single the horse. I think the top, the inside two for Greg Foley, altered shot. And Al Stahl's been hot as hell so far this meet, so I'd have to use uh, his Frosted Baby in the race too. But I like fine cotton with a, with a, a stink nod to altered shot and the Alstall train Chastain as well. There's a couple others in there too, but I'll, I'll lean to those three. Anybody you like? Well, fine cotton. You stole my thunder on that one. That was, that was my top selection. I, I, I remember she, they, they better hard that day. They better hard. And she drifted up, but again, when she, when she showed the speed, when Anil Pesnor showed that kind of speed, I'm like, Hmm, there, there may be something here. Right. So I, I would expect some improvement here in second time started. Uh, number five, Christmas poem has a shot she ran a nice fourth at 56 to one in the sophomore data race uh yes. that race, yeah the third finisher standby you came back to run a really impressive monster monster yeah, race maiden breaker at, at keeneland in her next start so i think uh anytime an ian wilkes runner shows something in the first start i think you gotta you gotta pay attention uh he's got kind of off to a slow start so hopefully he'll heat up here shortly do you, do you think Chion, again, simply, Chion definitely figures in the race. She ran second to Euphoric and, again, pressed the, prompted the pace in that Illigami race, which is exactly what uh, uh, GGB did yesterday. Do you think Chion goes off favorite in this race? I, I can't see how. I think she's vulnerable if she is. I, I, I mean, she's fine. She's fine. She, she finished a length and a half in front of Lady Frosted in her second start. Lady Frosted had to be dropped down to 50,000 to win at Keeneland. So um, th- that race is not all that impressive. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, the Illigami race, she, she, she quit late. I, you know, I don't, I don't have to have her five to two, but I'll probably use her. I'd use her defense. If I was singling elsewhere, as I just said, that that I would, uh, again, talk about leaning. I would lean heavily on the ones I mentioned. I would maybe use this one a little defensively since I had single earlier and I could afford because I would like the horse enough to include it. I, I, I'm, I don't think she'll be favored, but I might be wrong about that. All right, let's go to race six. It's another maiden special weight. This time on the turf, Phillies and mares three and up. Nine furlongs on the hmm. grass. Uh, wide open race. I, I actually like a filly in here. Uh, Tell me, because I, I don't know. It looks like the favorite is the eight horse, four to one, Most San. This is a daughter of Harzan. I think Harzan won the Epsom Derby several years ago for Rusty Arnold. I actually heard of. They like this filly a little bit uh, in her last start at Keeneland, but she, you know, she kind of, she was kind of one paced late. So, you know, I, I don't know what to make of her. But the the horse I like is to her inside is number seven, My Sweet Story. Oh, twelve yeah, to one. I, second time starter for Nacho Correas, ridden by James Graham. It's a uh, a great daughter of a fleet Alex out of a lasting approval mare. This filly is a half sister to Stakes Horse's My, My Story. Yeah. Who won the Dueling Grounds. Excuse me. I got them confused. She's a half sister to My a Fleet. My Fleet won the Dueling Grounds Derby back in the day. I think he went wire to wire. And Real Story, who is a, a crack sprinter. Like, is that for the Stidham? Barn, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Or something like, like Dale Romans has something close to that too, but I, I can't. I, I always get confused with those so, story horses. But anyway, so th- this filly's got some pedigree, 
and uh, we need that in these types of races. Obviously, uh, both of those uh, siblings can run on the turf. So I went back and watched this filly. She ran second to Mischievous Male, who's in an allowance race later. Uh, about the 316th pole, the eighth pole in her first start, she looked like she's going to finish sixth. She had a nice triple on the rail, but at the eighth pole, she just turned in, turned the afterburners on, and she went from sixth to second in a furlong. And it was a really impressive move. And that kind of shows me maybe she's got something. So in, in a field of, of fillies that, that look nice, but, you know, maybe, maybe just second-tier fillies, I'm going to take a price here with my sweet story. I like and, it. You know, I'm going to try to get a pick three alive to her, and I'm going to use all the horses we used in the fifth race, and I'll probably uh, probably use a bunch in the fourth race as well. But I'm going to try to get something alive to my sweet story, and if I can, I'm just going to better win in place. I like it. Uh, I, we should mention, you know, uh, it's common knowledge that I have trainer crushes. We well documented. Um, we, uh, we should mention that my good buddy CC has a trainer crush on Nacho Correa's. I think I think it's I think it, I think he would acknowledge that. Is that correct? To some extent. Yeah, it's waning though. He he. I don't know. He's been doing pretty well. So he. Yeah. He's been doing well of late. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, I think this horse figures. So, I think you make. I think you've sold me. Uh, one of my trainer crutches is in this race too. Um, I don't have a strong opinion in the race. I think it's wide open. Uh, Michelle Lovell's got a horse in there. She talked about it on her show, as a matter of fact. Do you remember that, CC? Yes, I do. She talked about it. She's got four horses up today, and I think this this horse has a shot. This is the the uh, baby by not this time. I think she was high on that ran second to a real nice second in in a second start. Tries turf now, and the not this times people don't realize the not this times run real well on the turf. So. I'd give this one a look, not just because it's Michelle's horse. I think the horse figures, and because there's about nine horses in there that can win, I think everybody in the race might be eight or ten to one. So, uh, you know, so give her a nod. She's got four or five horses up today, so I'd like to see her get into the winner's circle at least once. But I do I do like your nacho pick. All right. Anything else before we turn the page? Oh, no. I, uh, that is a – there's a lot of races like that later in the day where you've got uh, – they're good races, but they're – well evenly matched and you're going to have some you may have some chaos in those races it's hard to, so if you can if you can narrow those down man more power to you well let's get down and dirty we'll talk about the late pick five now race seven kicks it off the allowance optional claim we're going seven furlongs phillies and mares three and up the non-winners of ten thousand three times other than and the morning line favorite is hamiko from the bob baffert barn sure to be over bet she's nine to five on the morning line she's Coming off of two losses in a row, I want to beat her, but it's just a five-horse field. What do we do here? Uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned her. I hate five-horse fields. There's nothing worse to me than a five-horse field where everybody looks the same, and they're eight to five, nine to five, two to one, three to one. You feel like you have to cover three or four horses to get by, and if you do that, you're betting way too much money. And you're so I hate the race. Uh, if you made me pick one, I would probably go with on the town. Uh, the horse straws to the outside. It's very. That's. I think that's actually not only a good thing in sprint races, especially elongated sprints. Uh, I think it's actually worked fairly well at Churchill so far. Uh, it's the longest of the four contenders. I would lean to on the town, but I don't have a strong opinion. 
looking at this two Philly Hamiko for Baffert. This is a half sister to Bodie Meister. Oh really? Dollar, yeah, million dollar half sister to Bodie Meister. And hmm. but I, I I mean the last race she was beaten by Cece, who was the greatest stakes horse. But she she didn't run well at all. This, this this is the type of horse I don't know. Maybe they're trying to get away from California. Maybe try a different surface. I I'm I, I don't care for her here. Uh, Rising Seas has a really nice last race, uh, but that was a six furlong race. We were at Keeneland. We was at that there that day. It was opening day at Keeneland, and I didn't think there was much in the race. She got a big number that day, 99 Brisnet figure, but she's trying to go seven furlongs today. And right. uh, and again, I don't think she beat much in that race. That said, I I don't have a strong opinion. The Josie Carroll horse, Josie Carroll coming down from Canada. These guys have to come down from Canada because of the idiocy going on up there. And uh, this horse. I will say about this horse, it's Tyler Gaffleone. It's trying dirt for the I best the first time, but there's a lot of seven furlong races, and Josie Carroll seems to excel at that at a distance too. So I would definitely give A.B. Samurai a look as well, well too. But again, it's a five horse race, so yeah, first time four year old, so there, there may be some improvement coming. Yeah, and, yeah, she's never raced on dirt, and she's got a pedigree that says she should handle it. Yeah, and so I, I'm. I'm I, I would use it. I would use it, but again, I'd have to. If I had to knock, if those of the four contenders, you get to knock one out. Who are you knocking out? Well, I'm gonna knock out Baffert. Okay, fair enough. Right? When the yeah. ticket, the ticket police would approve that, right? If you don't like the favorite, you knock her out. She's gonna be bet down, right? She'll be even money, right? Yeah. One, yeah. One thing about ticket police, I, I'm guilty of sometimes uh, making mention of tickets, but the ticket policing maybe is getting a little bit over overdone isn't it i'm just a little bit i mean if you win you win and uh i think there's we, we, we could go on and on about that or whatever i'm guilty of uh, i won't say criticizing tickets but i'm guilty of this and that so but your ticket police i like that little dig it's 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 kind of a defund the ticket the ticket police defund the ticket police <laughs> you know that'd be a bumper sticker that might sell to some people yeah, i think right. I, I i fall on, on both sides of that i i understand why people do it I understand why. So, I mean, I see both sides and stuff, but uh, that's kind of a cop out. But, you know, I'm somewhere in the middle on that. So, but we're getting off base, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about race eight. Uh, this, 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 this thing is wide open. This is a a other than allowance. Gosh, look at that purse, one hundred two thousand dollars, mile and sixteenth on the grass. And, uh, you know, I, I think the horse to beat is on the AE list. Uh, the 13 World Tour for Bill mm-hmm. Mott. She's three to one on the morning line. I don't know if she's going to draw in or not. I guess we should speak a little bit about the weather. It's going to be low 60s tomorrow, with a 20% chance of rain. I don't. Th- I think the rain might hold off, so we might have some grass. We probably will have some grass racing. I tomorrow. think we will. I think we I'm, will. I'm handicapping, uh, predicting that. So I agree. I agree with you 100%. But uh, I, I, for me, this is a spread race. I don't have a real opinion unless unless 13 draws in. Okay. Uh, you know, it's sometimes we say that we use the phrase spread races, but there's different tiers to how you would spread some horses you like more than others. Uh, I can't argue the horses that I would definitely include. And I'm going to leave your also eligible horse out of this because if he does get in, then obviously you have to use or use her. Uh, I believe I've got the genders mixed up on these horses on every podcast that we've ever done. And I'll continue to do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, the horse that I would lean on, I would use – I do not like the one or the two. I would use Office Party. Office Party would probably be my top pick. I think this horse had a decent future. 
the last race was better than it looked. Uh, I didn't like the race itself, but I thought Office Party didn't get the best of trips. I would use Office Party. I would use probably Mischievous Mel. Uh, again, the Lothenbach guys and Neil Pesson, they do a great job. Um, I would – Gam's mission for Sharita Bo, I think, uh, second Ant Pearl last year and then came back and won. Uh, Street of O does a great job. I'd use that one. I would also have to use core values at 30 to one. Uh, not saying the horse is going to win, but uh, you can toss that last race. That was a, there was like three monsters in there. And this horse was wide and got tired of chasing this Todd Pletcher monster. So the race before that was good. It's Vicky Oliver. It's Rafael Bejarano. They, they, they do well together. Those are the four that I would have to have on my ticket, but you know, that, that, that that's just starting. But if I used just those four, I'd be okay. But I'm sure I would use more. Speaking that of core, that core values race, that that was a Philly versus the boys. Promise Keepers running the Peter Pan tomorrow. He's going to be yeah. one of the records in there. So that was a super tough race. Yeah, I would have to use that horse at 30 to 1. By no means am I saying the horse is going to win. But uh, there, there's 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 worse things you could do at 30 to 1 than core values. Right. I mean, you named all the ones I, I, I was going to mention. The, the only one that I would – well, there's two I would I want to take a look at is number 11 director's cut. Let's just make a note here. This filly ran on Lasix in, in an optional claimer allowance. On True. She finished second. Comes off of Lasix in a stakes, a grade three stakes, and runs off the board. And now she's coming back on Lasix. So I think you got to give her extra points now. For I would that. agree. That's a very good observation, folks. I would pay attention to that. Yes. And then the same with number 12. She this is her second start of her three-year-old campaign. And, of course, she debuted in a stakes race. So that means no Lasix. And that race actually turned out to be pretty tough with Giftless came back to romp on Oaks Day. Flown, number 12, Flown was in that race. She finished fifth of six. Now she comes back with Lasix. I think, uh, I think you got to boost her. Of course, she's four to one. I mean, you're not going to get any value. But, you know, keep an eye on that. So uh, I've got a question for you real quick. Uh you probably have easier access to this. The female family director's cut. I see uh, the down of former mayor. I see two tur- two starters, two winners, two turf winners. Do you do you have? Is there anybody of note of those two turf winners on director's cut for with the the, the mayor's name is a uh, the damn name is Don Amazed. Born perfect. See. No, uh, there's a horse named Starting Point. Yeah, I, I, I don't know these horses. Uh, for folks who hear us talking about this breeding and stuff, if you if you want a pedigree query, is a fantastic site that gives you the the. Uh, I'm sure CC may use some other ones, but I use pedigree query. That's the and, one. I pedigree yeah, query. and so if you would need, well, you know, some of the people who may not be as familiar with how the breeding works, and uh, that's a great site to go to to learn about uh, female family of uh, progeny, so on so forth, siblings, so. That's what CC was looking up right there. Pedigree query, if you're ever interested. I, I highly recommend yeah, it. I, I consult pedigree query every maiden race. Yeah, turf racing yeah. And, and other things. So, uh, yeah, you know, try to give, try to educate people. There's some people that know this stuff backwards and forwards, and some people are just learning. But uh, if you're if you are just learning, pedigree query is, is invaluable. Ninth race, mile sixteenth. Non-winners of two. Phillies and Mares, three and up. We've got a heavy favorite here. It's Baffert again with Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball nearly pulled off a four to one upset in the coaching club of American Oaks, beaten by Paris Lights. 
she kicked off her four-year-old campaign with a win at Santa Anita. Florence Giroux is aboard. What do you think? Ugh, I hate this horse. <laughs> I, I, I'm just not a fan. You just mentioned the worst grade one I think I've ever seen last year, the CC Co- Coaching Club of America Oaks. Uh, that was an absolute stagger fest and a joke of a grade one. Uh, Paris Lights is not a very good horse, and Crystal Ball is not a very good horse. Uh, that race looks like a grade one, but both those horses staggered home. I think the final time was uh, that they went the last eighth of a mile in like 14 seconds. Three and, days. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, neither horse wanted to win. Just somebody's head went down first. It was Paris Lights. Um, one of the horses, it was a five or six horse race. One of the favorites pulled up. Somebody else didn't finish or something. And uh, so. Yeah, somebody got th- mad and left. It yeah, was- exactly. So I- I'm not saying Paris Lights is not going to win this race because there's not much in this race. But Par- I mean, not Paris Lights, Crystal Ball is going to get way over bet. Uh, the-, the return to the races isn't that impressive to me. They, they-, they bring her out here. Um, I think the horse might easily win by default. Don't get me wrong. But this is not Baffert's top top horse. I mean, maybe in his, uh, her four-year-old day, uh, season, maybe she's gotten better. Maybe she just hits punches of gas from the, and, and wins this race by eight. I am not saying that cannot happen. I just I know people are going to look at the fact that she ran the CCA Oaks and almost won it and think this is a grade one horse. This is not a grade one horse. Uh, she followed up in the Alabama. You see what happened in the Alabama when she got against real grade one horses like Swiss Skydiver and Harvey's Little Goyle. She got destroyed. Um, again. I'm going on this rant about Crystal, about Crystal Ball. She's in a pretty easy spot here. Let's put it that way. I mean, I want to beat this horse. I want to beat her bad. I don't know if I can do it because this race is just a bunch of two uh, X type horses who just run around the track. Uh, I'm going to make a pick of market rumor on the outside with Ian Wilkes and our good buddy Chris Landerels uh, because I thought the horse ran a pretty nice race. The spice is nice last time. And there are some good races on the page. You throw out the uh, the Fall City, where she's probably overmatched against Envitant and Bonnie South. Uh, the horse likes distance. So give me market rumors. There's a couple others in here I might use, like Luna Fortis. Oh, God. Maybe a couple of the ass muscles. I don't know. But I would love to beat Crystal Ball in this spot. <laughs> are, you, are you okay? You, you sound like you're in agony. No, I feel great, but I just it's crystal ball. So I see this horse at six to five on the rail, and I know she's going to be two to five or three to five, and the horse probably going to win by six lengths. But I just I just know the horse is going to get over bet. I just wish I could beat the horse. I don't think I can, but I'm going to try. I, I think you're you want right. opinions, folks. I got opinions <laughs> all day long. Free. Yeah. Like what about you? you? The one I, I mean, the one I thought could beat her is Market Rumor. I I, I bet her in the Fall City last time, and I, yeah. I think I think the trip might have hurt her more than anything. She was parked out wide both turns, and then she just quit. Uh, but she came back and, and ran second to a really, really nice filly named Spice is Nice from Pletcher. But, yeah. uh, you know, she gets hung out in the tin hole again. Now, now if, she's, if she's a good, she'll give Crystal Ball everything she wants. My, my problem with Crystal Ball is if this filly was everything she's cracked up to be, she would be in a stakes race somewhere. They would, they would aim for the, the – hundred thousand dollar stakes at Pimlico next Saturday. I agree. Cause it's weird because, okay, you give her the benefit of the doubt of getting a prep race in fair enough, but another prep race. I mean, why are they moving her back into allowance right. optional allowance company? Right. I mean, it does make you wonder, 
So, know, on, the, on the flip side of that, though, this is a hundred thousand dollar race. Yeah. So you know they're, they're making money, but they didn't buy a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar filly to run allowance races. What would be fair odds for you with this horse? But you would think, okay, I could theoretically bet this horse to win. Well, I mean, I think she's she's got to be even money, right? I mean, she's I would think so. She's but she's going to be. She'll be three to five. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They'll they'll bet her down three to five, maybe l- less than that. The other one I want to point out maybe is funny bet. Yeah. The, the from the three hole she kicked off she she won three three four of her last five. And yeah. Well, she's she's not a terrible filly now. She's been off since March thirteenth, but uh, Roman's points for this meet, and uh, you know Talamo hasn't had a great year so far. I think he's uh he's, he's you know he he's not at the top of his game for whatever reason. But if he can just you know, stick to the rail and follow the follow the Baffert filly. She might she might have a chance to pull off of that. And that's kind of the way that horse likes to run too. He likes to kind of save ground and and then make that move. He come inside down the stretch, and uh, I could see that. This is a frustrating race to me because I want to bet beat Crystal Ball, but I know there's a really talented horse in the race, and it's like I don't use eight horses to beat Crystal Ball, and then Crystal Ball wins, right? So it's I wish the field was just a little bit tougher in some spots, but. Give me market rumor, and we'll see what happens. All right, let's talk about the feature race, the Mamzelle Stakes. It's overnight stakes uh, for Phillies three years old, five furlongs on the third, purse of $110,000. And our favorite is going to be breaking from the four hole, and that's Wink from the Wesley Ward Marn. It's the daughter of Midshipman. She has won three of her four lifetime starts, last being in March when she won the Melody of Color Stakes, going five furlongs. Jim, James Graham rides, which is interesting in itself. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I've, I've got two in here that I like, but we'll go to you first. Uh, I was hoping you didn't leave this one off, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard to – when you try to handicap races early, sometimes it's tough, as I'm sure we all know. You never want to get too married to your selection. you got to change on race day. And one of the reasons I say that, there's three wards in this race. And often, as we all know, Ward can scratch down to one. He might run two. He might run all three. Don't know. So it makes it a little tough to handicap ahead of time. Uh, I would lean to to uh, the one CC just mentioned, the James Graham one word runner named Wink. I want to make sure I didn't say Winks. Uh, Wink ran against the boys at Longchamp last year. Um, ran second. The other three races. Were, e- were fairly easy uh, turf sprint wins. So it doesn't, and Stone Street, it does make me wonder why James Graham's on the horse. But Wesley Ward is weird way he puts jockeys on his horses. Sometimes you got to take that with a grain of salt, who he puts on. So I, I would lean to Wink, even though it's kind of a boring pick. I would think this one would run, unless they have bigger ideas for the horse. A uh, bit of a, a price horse I kind of like in a spot is a horse I'm willing to give one more shot to is New boss for that is the eight horse for Brett Calhoun. I thought the horse got trapped down on the inside last time. I think the wide draw might help him be out in the clear, maybe get a piece of this. But uh, if Wink, unless Never Tolova can serve up an upset. Ah! <laughs> I had to come up with something real quick. I don't know much about tennis. Um, give me Wink with a with – give me Wink and a nod to – New boss. <laughs> Again, I don't know which wards are running, so we'll find out. Go ahead. 
I like number two, Going Good, for Brad Cox. I don't blame you a bit. And, and our, our, our our former guest, Mr. Uh, Mr. Richard Klein. This filly uh, made a wide move to, I think she got the lead, actually, in the Limestone Turf Sprint at Keeneland last time. She got the lead and was run down by Toby's heart, who just exploded late. Yes. And, and I think uh, I think give this filly another chance on a turn back. They're going five and a half to five. I think uh, if she, maybe with a similar trip, now she's drawn inside, so she might have to work out something with Giroux. I think this filly, uh, she might be the best one in here. But the other one I like is that you already talked about was Navratilova. I didn't give her any chance at all in the in the same race last time. She went off 15 to one. I, I her mother was a a Grade One winner, I believe, on turf, going you know two turns, mile mile 16th. I thought that this was just a prep to set her up for something longer. Right. And a really nice race. She ran. She showed early speed, and you know she just she just wilted a little bit late to finish third, beating two links by uh, Toby's heart and going good. I think. Uh, you know, this is just her fourth start. There's room for improvement. So I, I, I have to use two going good and number 12, Navratilova. Now, let's talk about the four wink if she does go. I went yeah. back to that race at uh, Gulfstream, that, that 75 out in our stakes going five furlongs. That was a rock-hard turf course that day. She went 21, 43, and 1. But it wasn't a resounding victory. They were getting to her late, gradually. I just wonder if, you know, with a little give in the ground, maybe this is the time to get her. Maybe. Uh, but if I, I – I have a feeling Ward might scratch two of his three. I might just go three deep in here and take going good, never to love and whichever Ward is left over. Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, the, the Winks only made four starts as well, and they thought enough of her to take her to France running a grade three over there. So – you know, she's she's obviously got talent. I'm 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 what do you, what do you call it? Grasping at straws, maybe. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, how many races has Ward won the last two months? Fifty. It seems like it. He's won every distance on dirt turf. He won two babies today, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken. Right. Won the one yesterday. Um, the only thing with going good, I was because I thought going obviously going good's a contender. That last stakes race scratched down quite a bit. I think was that, was that the day that the Wards scratched out? He was pissed off or something, and he took his horse. Was that that race? Do uh, you know? Because that, that scratched down to eight horses. But uh, on Churchill opening night, was it? No, no, the Keeneland night. The going good. The going state. The, the limestone. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think because the, the camp, camp with that the really good war horse Campanelli, Campa, Campanelle. Yeah, 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 I don't. Right. I can't. Might have been that race or not. That race scratched down a bit. That's the only reason. But of course, going good ran well. It's going to be inside wink if he goes concern me a little bit but i'd have to use the horse i think the horse is a really really nice horse so uh there's some there's some clutter in here you know to, to fill the field out so um i i would say if you're playing tries or supers don't discount number 10 founders day for my lady Eve. yeah 30 to 1 on the morning line this philly they they claimed her off of brad cox Last time she's got a decent turf pedigree. I've seen some constitutions run on the turf, and of course Har- Harlan's Holiday has produced some turf turf runners. You know, maybe third or fourth. Yeah, she's, she's worth a shot, uh, and she'll be every bit of thirty to one. Yeah, and Lady Eats in the race too for our buddy Tom Drury, and that horse has ran two brilliant 
races. Her two wins have been brilliant. So, you know, you never know. That horse, that horse can be overlaid price, too. Maybe that horse could get something. Might be up against it from a speed standpoint. But uh, Lady Edith is no slouch either. All right, let's close it out. The most important race on the card, race number 11, maiden claimer, $50,000 claiming tag for Phillies and Mares. This is going six furlongs. The favorite on the morning line and likely the post-time favorite is going to be number four, Love Enough for Steve Margolis. And this filly is a daughter. He's had enough. She's raced three times in maiden special weight company, now dropping down for the tag. She looks live to me. What do you think? Uh, well, first off, again, uh, Michelle uh, Lovell's in the race, and she mentioned this horse this this first time start and when she was on last time on her show the uh, the hit at a bomb uh, filly she has. I think she likes the horse. Uh, I, I I don't know the, how well the, ho- the horse hat breaks from the rail today. Brooklyn to Brooklyn's the bomb, but Michelle has popped with numerous first time stars at gigantic prices. So I would keep an eye on this one. Uh, I like four in here. Uh, real quick, I'm looking at Sophia Strong for Mike Maker. The, the dam is tuna. That makes that horse a half to uh, the sprinter. Yes, strong. strong. Yes, so that might be that horse is probably a full to strong order, isn't it? If it's by uh, strong mandate. Right. Yeah. right. This, this this horse might be a bit of a sleeper, especially if it gets to a, a synthetic in the in the future. But once again, I'm rambling. Uh, I like Barbara Mitchell's horse, the Seven Muchacha. Uh, I think there's about four in here that I would use, but Barbara Mitchell is a, a Canadian trainer as well, just like Josie Carroll. Lots of good horses. This horse comes down from Canada. Again, they're, they, they've got their issues up there. This horse raced twice last year at Woodbine in those gigantic purses they have. Uh, one of those typical races where it may not quite fit made in special weight company. Ran well, but slowly faded down the lane. It's been off since last July. Has came back. Being by country day, the horse is going to be fast. And looks like they knew what was going on, that they were in Canada uh, working out, saw what was going on in Canada, came down to Keeneland, and it got three works in at Keeneland, drops to 50. That last bullet, 59 and 1, fastest to 19 that day, gets blinkers, um, drops into 50. I think this horse is uh, well intended today. So. I do believe your love enough is the one to beat, no question about it. I think Muchacha uh, may be in to win, so to speak. Give me Muchacha with love, and, love enough. I got to include Mending a little bit, who ran really well in her debut uh, at Keeneland against a, a weaker field. But I think the horse had a little bit of a problem was it was closing strongly. And of course, you got Michelle on the rail. So uh, I, I like Muchacha here uh, as, as, with a bit of an upset. Are you mentioned? The same ones I, I did. I mean, my A's were two Sophia Strong just because of the connection to Strong Odor and three Mending and four Love Enough. Uh, Michelle's Philly, I think I would like to see her on the turf. I would too. That uh, pedigree is all grass. Hit at a bomb was a uh, Breeders' Cup uh, juvenile turf winner. And I think Mingan was a half, if a full brother to King Mambo. So that's. Oh. Uh, Miesque and, and all those nice uh, uh, Flaxman Holdings runners. That's a line there that's uh, really popular, I guess. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that looking forward to that one down the road on the, on the grass. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. Uh, you know, but you mentioned the ones I like. So, I mean, it's – it's. Uh, I don't think you have to go too deep in here. Just maybe I agree. Yeah, that would be enough for me. It gets you excited when you say, yeah, I don't have to go too deep in this – 
in this spot. Hey, I, I could use four horses and be happy. And then you look at the prior rates, like son of a bitch, I got to use eight or nine here, or, or you know, it's like if, you think maybe I can narrow it down. It's like oh, this ticket still be expensive. Right. But uh, that's we just got to take a stand in some of the spread races or maybe play some lean, lean stronger somewhere. But uh, it's a fun card. I, I like the card. I, I get kind of critical of cards at times, uh, but I think Churchill has done a pretty good job so far. And uh, I'll give him a pat on the back for uh, for getting these uh, getting these full fields together in an era when we've seen a lot of smaller fields. And uh, again, I don't care for small fields. So hats off to him. All right. Before we wrap up, uh Give us your strongest opinions in the early and the late pick four, Ooh. pick five sequences. Damn. Uh, well, I did mention, I'm going to say Suki in race three, as the aforementioned Suki. Uh, I didn't really look at the first two races that strongly. Uh, I, I do think Neil Peston's horse in the fifth race could be could be live. But if you made me pick one, I would take Suki. Um, in the late pick four, let me scroll through here. Well, I, I'm going to guess since I badmouthed Crystal Ball, I would probably make Crystal Ball my best bet. I'm sure she went by 10 now. That's the way this goes. Um, and, again, I probably do expect her to win. I'm not betting her to win a three or five. Uh, let's see here. I'll be on my fifth beer. How's that? <laughs> uh, if she goes, I, I guess I have to pick somebody. Uh, give me Muchacha, I guess, if I have to pick somebody in the late pick four uh, in the last race. For me, uh, I'll, I'll have something, like I said, to uh, in the fifth race, or excuse me, the sixth race, number seven, My Sweet Story. I'm going to have something yeah. live to her. And then, yeah, I like going good in the stakes race, but that, that that's pending a, a lot of scratches and whatnot. If, if like I said, you know, if, if all the speed scratches out, that might, uh, that might hand her to me. So it just depends on uh, what happens in the morning at the scratch box. Yeah, it's yeah. I would. That's that's the race of the day that I would pay attention to who goes and who doesn't because it's going to change the shape of the race. Uh, post positions are going to change. Speed scratches out, and then many times I've had like the horse two or three days out, and then and then I have to completely call an audible when two or three scratches happen. And, and, and a lot of times it works to your favor if you've been able to recalibrate and look at the race in a whole new light. So that may be the case tomorrow. So, and we'll be out there tomorrow too, right, CC? Absolutely, signing autographs. Signing potographs. We'll be signing potographs. Kissing babies. Kissing, <laughs> kissing Until we get arrested. All right. So uh, that's, that's all I have. I'm tired of talking. I'm Agreed. sure you are too. I'm going to dive back into this card, maybe come up with uh, with some pick four, pick five plays. But uh, uh, any last words before we uh, shut her down? No, I, again, I, I, you know, post Derby, I, I enjoy just a Saturday weekend racing at Churchill. I think they do a good job and stuff. And it's, I'm looking forward to be able to get there a couple of days. I can't go every weekend, but I can go this weekend. All right. So uh, on behalf of Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers, I'm CC Broadus reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.